Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Only Joshua and Caleb. And so now Joshua or Caleb comes to Joshua. Both of these guys are in their twilight years. Can you imagine the look on Caleb's face? He's looking at Joshua and he says, remember that promise that God gave to me, that Moses gave to me about that mountain right there? I want that mountain. I know I'm 85 years old, but I've still got some fight in me. I've still got some gas in the tank. I'm going to go up and take them out. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to take them out. And that's exactly what Caleb did. everyone and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today we learn that Caleb from the tribe of Judah was one of the 12 spies who scouted out the land of Canaan some 45 years before when Israel first was on the threshold of the promised land. So it is fitting as Judah is the first tribe to receive its allotment on the west side of the Jordan that Caleb be the first one among the people of Judah to receive his inheritance. God not only keeps his promises, but rewards those who are faithful to him. And now, let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. And you know, regardless of what vocation you're involved in tonight, regardless of your job, regardless if you're a, a working, or you know, a, you're a mom, you're a homemaker, regardless if you're the CEO of a large uh, Fortune 500 company, it really doesn't matter because as a child of God, you can serve Jesus wherever you're at. Wherever you're at, you can serve him. You, you're in his service by right of his, his, his spirit dwelling in you. You belong to him. Isn't that wonderful to consider? And to realize that I don't necessarily have to be a preacher. I don't necessarily have to be an evangelist. I don't necessarily have to be a worship leader or whatever uh, vocation in the church is. Wherever you go, you are an ambassador to Christ, to him and of him and for him. You're an ambassador always. So don't be discouraged if you find yourself in a job and, you, and maybe the Lord has you there for a reason. He has you there to supply sustenance for you and your family, to pay the bills for your kids, to put, them, put shoes on their feet. And it's okay if you've got a longing in your heart to serve him. You know you can serve him wherever. If that's his will for you, you can serve him wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. But learn to serve him where you're at. Don't look at the the, the proverbial sheep looking over at the, the sheep in the other field in the other pasture and looking over there and going, man, I wish I had that. They got Brussels sprouts growing over there. They got broccoli and cauliflower, all those cruciferous vegetables that are cancer-fighting agents. Look at them eating over there. They, they even look nice. They're, 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 they're smiling. They're smiling, too. Look at them. 
They're smiling. They're happy. They're fat. Let's go into verse 4. <laughs> so for the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, uh, and they gave no part to the Levites in the land. Boy, the Levites are really getting it stuck to them, aren't they? We got our stuff. Sorry, we're not giving you a thing. But they're saying, ah, that's okay because we inherited the Lord. What have you got? Uh, just got some land for my sheep and my cattle. And it's not bad, but we didn't inherit the Lord like you did. And they gave no part to the Levites in the land except cities to dwell in. And we're going to look at that later on as we get into the book of Joshua. In fact, the 21st chapter of the book of Joshua really outlines every single one of the 12 tribes gave cities for the Levites to live in because they needed to live somewhere. And so there were certain cities in each, each of these designations that you see in every one of those places they were allowed certain cities so that they could live and that they'd have common ground around those cities for their livestock. Because if you're going to have sacrifices, you better have sheep, you better have cattle, you better have goats, right? And so there was provision in there for that. And Ephraim and Manasseh, you remember he was, those two were the first sons of Joseph in the land of Egypt. And you can look in Genesis chapter 41, verses 50 and 52, and it talks about when these two brothers were born and how the firstborn was Manasseh and Ephraim was the second. Let's get into verse 4. It says, uh, For the children of uh, Joseph were two tribes, I just said that, and they gave no part to the children, uh, to the the Levites in the land, except cities of dwelling. I just read that. Forgive me. Verse 5, As the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did. Notice, the Lord commanded Moses, and so the children of Israel did. They did, and they divided the land. There's such a wonderful thing about being obedient, of just listening to the Lord and, and obeying him. You know, it's one thing to hear. You know, we, we hear the word of God a lot. You know, we live in a country. We live in a city. We live in a place here in America. In most parts of America, we have such access, such great access, such huge resources at our fingertips and yet, it's not so much the, the, the abundance of resources that's the problem. We've got stuff coming out of our ears. We can get it in any possible way. We can get it written. We can, get it, we can listen to it. We can listen to the Bible being read to us if we don't want to read it ourselves. We can be on the treadmill. We can be on the elliptical listening to Alexander Scorby you know, reading the, new, the King James Version to us. And so we have so much, but it's not so much the, the, uh, the abundance of resources. The, the, the main thing is the obedience, the doing of it, right? It's true that whenever we do the Word of God, that is, where the, that is really where the mystery or the, the secret of it. It's where you unlock the truth and it becomes yours because you do something with it. See, if we just hear it, like the Bible says, if we, if we are only um, hearers of the word and not doers of it, we'll find ourselves getting old and stale pretty quickly because we deceive ourselves. We think just because we read that we're good. But the Bible says it's not good enough just to read. You have to read and do it. And there's the secret. Because when you read it and you do it, boy, your life is going to be a blessing. And boy, your life is going to take a turn for the better. Is it going to be difficult sometimes? You better believe it. Because by doing the truth, you're going to set a lot of people around you on edge. Because they're not doing the truth. They they might not even know what the truth is. They might not even care what the truth is. But as soon as you, Christian, make a point to do what the Word of God says, now you're on to something. 
Now your life is going to be fruitful. Now your life is going to be exciting. Because believe me, when you are in the will of God, there's no boring about it. It is exciting. There are challenges all around, everywhere. But God is going to be revealing himself and revealing himself and and loving on you and revealing things to you. And it's just a never-ending thing. And it's glorious. It's wonderful. So, as the Lord commanded Moses, the children of Israel did. And they did. They divided the land. Verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And notice, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said, said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and Kadesh Barnea. I love this. Caleb and Joshua were these old pals. Remember back in Numbers, uh, I believe it's in chapter 12 or 13, when they, they went into the land, these, these two men, Joshua and Caleb, 40 years or 45 years ago from what we're reading tonight. 45 years prior, they were led. Uh, remember, Moses took uh, Caleb and Joshua, and ten others, one from each of the t- uh, twelve tribes. And they went in and they searched out the land. And remember, only ten, only two came back with a positive report, full of faith in their heart. And it was Joshua and Caleb. The rest of them were like, man, this place is bad. Well, there's pots and pots and pots. You know, and, and, and there's giants in the land. Giants in the land. And, and boy, everything is just hard work, man. I just, I don't know, I don't like this land anymore hills and valleys. I want smooth lands. And only Joshua and Caleb. And so now Joshua, or Caleb comes to Joshua. Both of these guys are in their twilight years. Can you imagine the look on Caleb's face? He's looking at Joshua and he says, remember that promise that God gave to me, that Moses gave to me about that mountain right there? I want that mountain. I know I'm 85 years old, but I've still got some fight in me. I've still got some gas in the tank. I'm going to go up and take them out. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to take them out. And that's exactly what Caleb did. And Caleb, it's interesting, because he, he was of the tribe of Judah, but because he was a Kenizzite, he was actually a foreigner, actually, to the commonwealth and the covenant of Israel. He was actually a Canaanite. But he somehow got assimilated into the tribe of Judah, and he had been there, uh, at least joined the tribe of Judah before the exodus coming out of Egypt. And so we know that Caleb now has been assimilated. Being a Canaanite originally, he is now in the tribe of Judah. And so verse 7, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. And certainly Joshua's nodding and saying amen to that brother. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Remember, they, they were just complaining about the impossibilities. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And so Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Why? Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And I love that. Again, you know, the ble- notice the blessings of obedience. You can't escape the blessings of obedience. There are also curses for disobedience. And again, we have choices to make. But notice the heart of Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb, especially in, the, in what we're looking at tonight, his heart was just full of faith. His heart was filled, and he just wanted what God wanted. And do you want what God wants for you? Everyone nod, because I know you do. And sometimes it's just figuring out what that is. And you know, I think it's a lot easier than what we make it. I think sometimes it's just abiding and waiting. 
You know, when we read the Bible, it is what, I, what we would call condensed truth, meaning you can look at two chapters in, in, in Genesis, and there could be several, several years in between one event to another. And what happens in those several, several years? We're talking 20, 30, 40, 50 years between chapters and maybe even more. What's happening between those chapters? Time, patience, people waiting around for the promise. You know, God maybe has promised you something long ago, and it's been 10, 15 years, 20 years, and you're wondering, Lord, when is it going to come to fruition? The day's going to come when he's going to, be, he's going to answer and fulfill that promise to you. He will do it. If he's made a promise to you, he cannot fail. Do you understand? He cannot fail. Everyone say that. He cannot fail. He can't. If he fails, then he's not God. But if he's God, then he's going to be faithful to fulfill his end of the deal. Write this scripture reference down, and I'm going to read it to you for the sake of time. Numbers chapter 14, verses 20 through 24. Notice that just the, the, the heart of Caleb and how the Lord had given him this inheritance. But let me read it to you, Numbers 14, 20 through 24. This is after Moses interceded for them, uh, the children of Israel, after they shrunk back in unbelief from entering into the land after the twelve spies returned. It says, The Lord says, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Verse 22, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly will not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But, but, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and he's followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Do you see that? Just the blessings for obedience. He wholly followed the Lord, and God was going to bless him as a result. In fact, in Deuteronomy, here's another one to write down. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 34 through 38. Deuteronomy 1, verses 34 through 38, it says this. This is when Moses was conveying, conveying God's words to the people. It says, The Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath, saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. The Lord was also angry with me for your sake, saying, Even you shall not go in there. And here Moses is speaking. So Moses wasn't able to allow to go in. He wasn't allowed to go in. But now Caleb is. And in verse 38, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, Moses, he shall go in there. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Wow, what a bitter pill that must have been. But you know, even Moses' heart, as he looked around him, and because of his disobedience, right, there was a curse for his disobedience. The curse was, or the consequence was, Moses, you can't go into the land. You disobeyed my voice. You misrepresented me at a critical point in what I'm trying to share with them. You misrepresented me. How important is it to misrepresent or to represent God, rather? It's, it's important. That's why we have to let our light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and glorify who? You? No, glorify our Father which is in heaven. 
right? That's why it's so important for us to live the life, to not cave into the flesh, to, to look at everything in our life and to say, Lord, is there anything in my life that is, just doesn't add up? Please crucify it. Crucify it. Help me to crucify it. You've given me the strength to do it. Help me to do it. Give me the strength and the willpower to do it. Believe it or not, you have everything you need to succumb or to um, overcome sin. I'm sorry. Everything in you. If you're a child of God, it's a question of the will. Pray that God would change your will because most of us have weak willpower. It's sort of like putting a, a bag of Doritos and a glass of cold milk in front of me on Sunday night when I come home from church. I don't like to eat Doritos that much, but every now and then I get an anchoring for them. And you do that, and the willpower, i got to be like, then I just cave in and grab them, right? But everything, the Spirit of God in you is able to help you resist, no matter how great the temptation is. Of course, there's no sin in eating Doritos and chips. It just depends on how many bags you eat. But the idea is, is that you need to um, appropriate that in your life. So let's go on here. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, verse 10. We're back in our text now. As he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. So he's an old man. Verse 11, as yet I am strong as the day, as on the day that Moses sent me. So he's, he's basically making a boast, and I don't think he was, I think he was telling the truth. He's an 85-year-old man, and he was saying, you know what? I'm as strong as when I was 40. I'm ready to take out my Glock and go up there on the, on the mountain. And I got my magazines in my, in, my, in my back pocket. I'm going to take out those Anakims, right? He was that formidable even at 85 years old. What a great, great example Caleb is. What a great thing. In fact, I love, you know, this aged man with such great faith. What does it say for us in Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15? And write this down. This is fun. Psalm 92 Verses 12 through 15, it says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what we should be doing as we're getting older in the Lord, as we come, become older as a Christian? We should be bearing more fruit as, as time goes on, rather than the opposite. And unfortunately, I see some Christians, they, they just they don't want to do anything. They just want to sit back and watch Oprah. They want to sit back and watch Judge Judy. They want to sit back and watch Jeopardy all day. And then their health starts to tank. And the next thing you know, they're eating too much. Then they got diabetes. Then they can't feel their feet. Then they got to have the foot amputated. Then they get pneumonia, and then they end up dying. What a miserable way to live. Don't be one of those people. <laughs> if you're a Christian, get in the game. Get excited about Jesus again. Get excited about your faith again. Get excited about God's word again. And get out there and minister to people. Everyone around you, just tell them that Jesus loves them. And it's hard because nobody wants to hear it. But, you know, give them that big smile like I'm giving you right now. Give them the smile and tell them that. They're going to think you're nuts. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Do you understand? Look with me at Jeremiah. Just write this down. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. What does it say here? I love this verse. Blessed is the man, Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. 
And that's exactly, it reminds you of Psalm 1, doesn't it? And just to be planted in the Lord. And Caleb at his twilight years, still full of faith. Let's go back to verse 12 now. Now therefore, give me this mountain, Caleb says, of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you have heard in that day how the Anakim was there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Notice that Caleb was operating in faith and not presumption. He wasn't going up in some kind of false bravado, thinking, I've still got it, and I'm going to go up, and I'm going to do it right now. No, he, he prefaces it by saying, if the Lord wills, you know, it may be that the Lord God will be with me, but he was with me then, and he's with me now, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> what an amazing guy. He certainly wasn't a double-minded man. The Bible says in the book of James that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But Caleb was not a double-minded man. He says, God was with me then, God's going to be with me now, and God's going to be with me when I take my very last breath. And he wasn't going to shrink back at all. I love that. So verse 13, And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. So Hebron is in the area... Actually, I believe it's in the area of Judah or Benjamin. I think it's in Benjamin. Uh, I may be wrong on that because I can't see. But Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the Anakim, remember, are these, these uh, race of giants that the Bible talks about. It talks about them in Genesis chapter 6, uh, the first four verses. It talks about the, the Nephilim and the Nephilim, uh, the, the, these, these fallen ones. The, 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 they believe that the, these race of giants propagated before the flood. And there was something also spooky that the angels did, which we'll get into later. Uh, even after the flood, these things came back. And there were more giants in the land, even after the flood. And we can... Um, and so that's for another time. But let's get right into verse or chapter 15, excuse me. So, so this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah. Now, as we get into this chapter, and we're basically going to be reading it with very little commentary, you'll notice that as we're reading, we're, we're just talking about Judah. And as we get into chapter 16, we're going to be talking about uh, Ephraim and, and Manasseh. And up until chapter 18, it's all going to be about Judah and Ephraim, and Manasseh, their inheritance, the lands that they were going to get, the extra land that Manasseh was going to receive. It talks about those things. But the other tribes are just kind of like, it makes you wonder what they're doing. They're just kind of watching their brothers take some of the land, and they're not really full of faith. They're not really, they're kind of discouraged maybe. I don't really know. But Joshua calls them to task in chapter 18. After they set up the, the tabernacle there in the, in the city of Shiloh, which is where this, uh, the tabernacle was first erected in any permanent way. But let's get into chapter 15. So this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin, southward, was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border became at the shore of the Salt Sea, which is the Dead Sea, from the bay that faces southward. And then it went down to the southern side of the ascent of Akribim, passed along to Zin, ascended on the south side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karka. From there it passed toward Asmon and went out to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. 
This shall be your southern border. And as we go along with this, I would encourage you, as we're just reading names, take the time some time to get, to get a couple of really good maps, a couple of different maps, and see if you can locate some of these things. It gets kind of interesting because you can kind of see the border. Time doesn't really permit us to do that. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.